This episode is brought to you by Unlax Candles. Feeling like you need to unwind and relax? Well, Unlax is for you. Hand poured, labelled and packaged with love in small batches from Breezer in New South Wales. Find them online at www.unlaxcandles.com.au or Instagram at unlax underscore candles. Welcome to All Things Small Biz, a podcast to help you take the leap and run your own business from someone who has done it themselves and wants to share what they learnt with you. Hello and welcome to the All Things Small Biz podcast. My name is Sarah Hales, your host, and today we'll be talking about moving into your business full time. Now, I know that we did discuss this with Sam in episode five, but in that episode, uh, Sam was planning to go into his business full time. Um, today, our beautiful guest, Catherine from Vintage Rose Handmade, has actually taken the leap to move into her business full-time. So it's a really great achievement and I'm so proud of her. And uh, yeah, we just wanted to touch on this topic again because I feel like it is actually the dream for quite a few people is to take their side hustle and turn it into their full-time gig. Now, I did just want to say that, well, I wanted to take the time to mention that since we did talk to Sam back in episode five, he has actually taken the leap and moved into his business full time. So congratulations to Sam from the podcast Butler. He's our editor for making that leap. It is such a cool achievement when you can move into your business full time. But before we kick off and get into the topic, we must welcome Brian. How are we, everyone? Everyone or? Well, people out there listening. Oh, okay. But anyway, I suppose only one person is going to say hello to me. So, how are you, Sarah? (laughs) Good, thank you. What's been happening today? Punching into another week at work. Good. It's a Monday when we're recording this. Uh, So, any wins this week, Brian? Win of the week? Well, I believe we have had a win. I was um, playing the podcast to a few people at work this afternoon before I come home. Oh, yes. Because I tell them that I have to leave a little bit early on on, on Mondays because that's podcast day. Uh-huh. And um, they were listening to it and they were quite impressed with how well spoken you were. Oh, okay. And how professional you sounded and then that I was just a bit of comic relief. <laughs> so, would we call that a win or would we call that this week's feedback? Well, that might be this week's feedback, but it's a win for you. Oh, well, that is nice. Yes. Uh, shout out to the boys at Hastings, Nathan, Streeter. Who else was there? Kepler. DV. DV. Shout out to those boys. We'll, uh, I suppose, get some feedback from them as to whether or not they listen again, mm. whether or not they hear their name in the shout out. Yeah, well, that'll be good. Yeah. and uh, So, maybe a win of the week, if you weren't happy with that one, <laughs> was mm. the little... Uh, expedition that we went on with the children. Which one specifically? The catching the crab while he was in the moment. (laughs) I did post a few videos and photos over the weekend about some of the crabbing expeditions and how you get me to thrash around in the mud and then you take off at full speed and leave me at the back with the kids having to pick the kids up and drag them through the mud. 
I also got eaten by mosquitoes. So, well, look, I had a win of the week. I bought myself a stand-up desk and it's amazing. And yes. It is amazing. It is amazing. But you've had to do a few alterations because you were getting a sore back. Well, yeah, that's because I'm so tall that I actually needed to pop a little extension on the top so that I could stand up properly. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. So, I guess moving into today's topic, Brian. Today's topic, moving into your business full time. This is a big thing for us. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we are aiming for ourselves. Yeah. Well, I've been in my business full time for quite a while. Yeah. Whether or not that was circumstantial because I started the business while I was on maternity leave, I Baby guess. Baby leave, I like to call yeah. it. Yeah. Had I have not been on maternity leave, I would not have been able to be in my business full time from the very start. Yeah, fair enough. So, Catherine has done what most people out there want to do, and that is move into a into a career where they are their own boss. Yeah. What's one of the key points you need to be able to do to be able to make that step? Well, I can only probably talk from my own like experience, I guess, and uh, my own beliefs on the topic. But I feel like the trigger for me with my businesses is financial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, to an inspiring person who's looking to make that step, they should be setting themselves a goal of maybe the same income as what they're earning. Yeah, perhaps. So, so that it can then offset or do you think they should probably try and get a little bit further above their income? Well, look, something that I've discussed with a couple of different small business owners is the fact that perhaps scaling your business is actually the answer where you might employ somebody into your business until you can build the income of your business to a point that it's sustainable. Mm -hmm. I know with West of the Waves, with that side of my business, to generate enough income in that business for it to be a full-time gig, I have needed to employ people over the course of that business. And like I was saying at the start, I'm lucky because I was on maternity leave. I've been working mining contracts that I'm able to work from home, Mm -hmm. which supplement my income. And I have essentially been full-time in my business right from the very start. But had I have started it Whilst I was working, initially, the business was not generating enough income for me to consider being in there full time. It was purely circumstantial because I was already on maternity leave. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. makes sense. If the tides had been different, I would definitely have employed somebody to continue running the business and building the business up while I stayed working um, before I moved into it full time. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So, some things that I would be thinking about is, all right, now I'm going to move into my new career. How do I not fail? How do I keep going strong? What things do I need to put in place to keep me on the right path? Some little tips. What things do you do to keep yourself on track? I'm not sure, and I hate to be repetitive if I've mentioned this one before, but I have a pretty simple spreadsheet, and I have a few things that I track. So, I track sales for the month. I track our conversion rate. Mm -hmm. I track how many visitors we have to the website. Mm -hmm. That also gives me a like calculation of what an average order value is. So how much a customer spends with us. And I also track like our social media communities. 
yeah. and also our email list because I feel like from my previous career or my you know my career as a mining engineer one of the things that I have always been heavily involved in over the years is um, planning and performance at the mine. So if you can imagine that, you know, at the end of the year, you have a goal to get 5 million tonnes. Well, it's all well and good to have a goal like that. But what does that mean for each month? What does that mean for each week? What does that mean for each shift? And we obviously had a lot of, you know, maintenance that we needed to work Mm -hmm. around. So one month we might get, you know, a certain number of hours and the next month we might not have as many operational hours. So we had things that were in our control and things that were outside of our control. Mm -hmm. And it was my job oftentimes, because I am a bit of a numbers nerd, to break that down to... If I have not done this by morning tea, this is what I need to do. If I've not cut three metres of coal by morning tea, this is what I need to do. Because if in that shift the person hasn't done what they need to do, then we're not on track to achieve our yearly goal. So I've taken, you know, things from my experience and brought that into my small business. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the things that I track being – the conversion rate, the number of visitors to my website, Mm -hmm. uh, the sales that I make, the average order value, the people in my community and the people on my email list, they are things that I have control over. Yeah. I have control over how many people are signing up to my email list. And if I um, am not having people sign up and I can see that when I'm tracking, then what, what could I do today that might increase the signups. Yep. Why are email signups important? Because oftentimes they are somebody who has already bought from your store or somebody who is confident enough in your brand that they're happy to give you some of their details. They're interested enough in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then you can send them an email marketing, you know, something about a sale or something about a new product or something new that you're doing in your business. Um, My average order value, if my, you know, just round numbers, if an average order value is $100, if there was a way that you could, you know, encourage somebody to add a second item to their cart or to, you know, put a, they've bought a, you know, a skirt and they might want to have a matching shirt. If you can increase the average order value, that's a way to bring more revenue into your business. So yeah. I really only just like to track things that I feel like are in my control and that I can go can influence. and influence and do something about. Yeah, so to put it simply, you just pick a cut, a few KPIs, a few key performance, performance indicators, indicators yeah. and just go, right, I'm going to these are the things that I have some control over. Everything outside of my control, don't sort of worry about so much. Mm-hmm. And then just put three or four key things in that you can control and then that will help you stay on targets and, and keep keep the flow in your business. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, definitely. Some of the other things that I look at, obviously, and we might be a little bit off track here as to how this um, converts to moving into your business full time. I obviously keep a close eye on um, products that are selling versus products that might not be selling because, you know, well, this podcast is all about sharing and I don't get it right all of the time. No. Nope. Like oftentimes- um, That's very good to hear and we've got it recorded. <laughs> How good is that? <laughs> I'm talking. I'm specific. not right all the time. 
I am, sorry. Okay. So, you know, like oftentimes with the clothing that I bring in, I bring in things that I would like to wear. I bring in things that I like. But, you know, here or there, I might think a dress is fantastic and it might not sell that well. Mm -hmm. So, you constantly need to be on top of, you know, those types of things as well. Because if something's not performing very well, then uh, you need to move it along. So, Catherine, so has she moved into a business or is she working from home business? No, so her business is set up at home. Yeah. So, she makes beautiful sterling silver jewellery. Yeah. Um, she's a silversmith. So, she does customised necklaces. Um, you can have initials put on them. You can have, yeah, all sorts of beautiful things. Yeah, but beautiful. she hand makes that and she has set a studio up in her home. Yeah. So, how do you- even with general work, people are make, being made work from home, right? Mm-hmm. So, how do you separate the home and the work? Because you, you, all your business is run from home. That's right, yeah. Is it difficult to, to separate it or do you have some sort of- I think I'm getting better at it. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, when I first started, I probably wasn't that great at it, um, okay. but definitely getting better. Do you have to set boundaries? I do have to set boundaries. So, that's a good thing for everyone out there to understand that if you're going to take your business and work from home, you need to be able to set boundaries. Otherwise, things get clouded and then you're, you're either working too much or you're getting distracted by your kids too much, whatever it is that you have. That it, either way, it can be, be an issue. Your, your work can be- taking over too much or you can't concentrate on your work because you don't have a boundary where, where you're getting affected by all the things that happen at home. Yeah. Well, to begin with, for the first two years um, that I was working from home, I had the kids here with me full time. I did have a nanny who came a couple of days a week, uh, but that was sort of sometimes it was easy, sometimes it was quite hard. Mm-hmm. Um because obviously if mum is home and the kids know that I'm here, they would run down to the office. Yeah. Um, the kids started daycare only just a couple of months ago. And I think that's why I say I'm getting better because I'm now very strict on my calendar. So, I only work when the kids are out of the house mm-hmm. so that when they are here, I can be focused on them. I yeah. also have a pretty strict boundary. A lot of people ask me, you know, if they can come over and pick up their order. Or try things on. Or try things on. And, you know, I just have to say to them that unfortunately I can't have that because, well, a number of things. I mean, it's our private home. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to give out our address all of the time. We've got little kids. And also, with regards to what's been going on with the pandemic, again, I don't want people to come to our personal home. I don't have a bricks and mortar store, so we're online based. So, I do have that boundary about our home. But yeah, I don't know if I was clear on what I was saying about my calendar. I have my calendar very well set out. So, for example, because I have to make time for, say, podcast interviews, I have utilized Calendly, which is a booking system that I use, but there's some boundaries that you can put in there. So, if I have had a podcast interview booked for today, then in the back end of that, I can say I'm only allowed to have one podcast interview to, in a day because if I, you know, have two or three, it gets a little bit 
too much for me and then I don't get it, the time to do all of the other things that I need to do. you got to take quality over quantity. Yeah, but I've had to go to the point where I block out time to take the kids to daycare or pick the kids up from daycare or, you know, I have everything blocked out because I can't afford to have any clashes because mm-hmm. on the days and the times that I get to work, everything has to flow If that makes sense. One thing that does cause an issue with that is people living in different time zones. Yes, yes. Because there's a confusion. Are we going with my nine o'clock or their nine o'clock? Yes, this happened. Was it just on the weekend? Oh, it's happened a few times. I thought it would only happen the one. No, no, it's happened a few times. Remember, there was when you were um, doing the chats with the New South Wales people and there was an hour difference there. I'm always at the 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. The latest one was the longest difference because it was the two hour time difference from Queensland to WA. Yeah. 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 But anyway, let's keep going. All right. Um, It's probably now time for your chat with Catherine. Yeah. Uh, Sounds like it's going to be a lovely chat. This episode is brought to you by Unlax Candles. Feeling like you need to unwind and relax? Well, Unlax is for you. Hand poured, labelled and packaged with love in small batches from Breezer in New South Wales. Find them online at www.unlaxcandles.com.au or Instagram at unlax underscore candles. I know I briefly introduced Catherine at the top of the podcast, but I just wanted to tell you a little bit more about her. Catherine's located on the central coast of New South Wales. She's obsessed with cactus, and that obsession has led her to open the Cactus Cartel with her husband. But Catherine is also the founder of Vintage Rose Handmade, a beautiful handmade jewellery business that she started around three years ago. Catherine's been working in her insurance job for 13 years, but since starting these small businesses, she has realized that that is where her heart is really at and she's taken the leap to move into her small biz full time. What an amazing achievement. And Catherine, can we maybe um, start by getting you to explain to us where you are based and a little bit more about your small community? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. No worries. Yeah, so I live on the central coast of New South Wales. So I'm right in the middle between Sydney and Newcastle near lots of beautiful beaches and I've lived here all my life and I absolutely love it. Oh, that's beautiful. I've actually spent quite a lot of time in Newcastle. I worked at a mine outside of Singleton. Uh, I was supposed to go down for two weeks and I ended up staying for over nine months, I think. And I just love it down there. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's not too far from here. So there you go. Yeah, gorgeous. So Catherine, how did you come to start Vintage Rose Handmade? So I officially started Vintage Rose Handmade Jewellery about three years ago, officially with the the name and everything. But I have been making jewellery for quite some time. I used to do it as a bit of a hobby, probably 15, 16, 17, something like that years ago. I started off yeah. just with making simple beaded costume jewellery and it was really just my hobby. You know, every weekend I would drive to the local beading shop, stock up on all of the supplies and go home that week and just sit in front of the TV and just creating earrings and necklaces and just it was my little outlet at the time. It was just my creative outlet and I did a few local markets here and there and, you know, made lots of birthday presents for friends and family and it was just my 
little passion that I had to do for myself. Yeah. And, you know, ended up moving on and working and getting married, having kids. And then obviously life is busy in between and stopped making jewelry for quite some years. And I've, I realized that I started to miss it. You know, it came, it surfaced back up that, you know, I, I needed to be more creative and it ended up mm. being, getting back into it for me was, was some me time inverted commas. Yeah. You know, I started, you know, beading again. And then I realized that I wanted to make more sort of silver jewelry um, because I had also, I have also been at the Enmore School of Design. That's where I did three years of, of a silversmithing course as well. So I realized that I wanted to get back into that. And yeah. I, I mentioned that to my husband because previously I had gotten rid of all of my instruments and tools. You know, when we moved house, I thought, well, I'm not going to yeah. need that again. So I got rid of all of that. Was it a bit of a tools down situation? So you, yeah. you did it like 15 years ago and then yeah. it was tools down. You didn't even touch it. And then you just got to a space where you were like, I actually need to do something to be creative. Yes, definitely. Tools down yeah. situation. Mum life took over and then... Yeah, it just something something lit up in, again in me when I started being more creative and I realised that I wanted to get back into it. And my husband bought me all the tools I needed again to start soldering jewellery together as a Mother's Day present and it was the, the best Mother's Day present oh, ever. so nice, yeah. And we then decided that, you know, I think it was a Tuesday or a Wednesday night, that was my time. So, you know, he would get home from work and that that time that I would lock myself in my studio and my garage and <laughs> hide away from everyone and the kids and just have some time to myself because I just needed that that outlet to be by myself, you know, yeah. mum life's crazy. It's so important. <laughs> so and yeah. it just grew from there. So the course, did you did you go back and decide that you were going to do the course and that's sort of what led you back into it or how did that come well, about? That one, the course I actually did prior to Tools Down. So I did the, a three-year course at the Enmore School of Design in Sydney and that's where I learnt how, you know, essentially like a silversmithing course where I learnt, you know, how to solder things together and make silver rings and, and necklaces and things like that. Amazing. So did the course come naturally like you were already doing the beading and then it was something you came across? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So the beading is just something that was self-taught. You know, I learned how to, you know, create beaded jewellery and things like that. And then the next step for me was to physically, you know, put a silver ring together. So I did, I found a local community course that I did that was like a, a month long course. And then the teacher from there put me in contact with the the school of design in, in Enmore that, um, was the official sort of course to to get me to be able to make silversmithing with silversmithing techniques. That's so great. And back at that stage, so what sort of age were you when you were doing the beading? Oh, 17. Sorry, we don't ask ladies their age. <laughs> Probably 17, 18, something like that, yeah. Yeah, awesome. And at that stage, were you selling anything? You said you did a couple of markets, is that right? Just a couple or of More local, just gifts and presents yeah, for friends. Yeah. And, it was mainly just for yeah. myself to, to make as gifts and, and it was my creative outlet at the time. So I did think I did one or two local markets, but it wasn't that wasn't what I wanted to do at the time. It was just a hobby and a love. Oh, God. So fast forward. And you get this fantastic Mother's Day present. Yes. So where to from there? Where to from there? Well, like I said, I locked myself in my garage once a week, like with no interruptions. My husband would put the kids to bed and do dinner and everything so I could just have that creative outlet because 
that sort of also came from realising prior to that that I was suffering from postnatal depression and anxiety Mm. and, you know, after talking to my husband about it and realising that I did need some more time to myself as most mothers do, (laughs) this was the way that I could escape and just do my own thing. So it's, yeah, it's sort of led to some some time out for myself and then realised how much I loved it and that I could possibly you know, go down the venture of having a business and, you know, making my dreams come true. (laughs) Amazing. I think it's just so beautiful that he was so supportive of you to give you that time. Yeah. To, I don't want to make light of it, but it's almost like a self-healing process. Like it's really cathartic when you find something that you love and you can get into, you can start to heal yourself because when you, when me in my situation, my children are only about 14, 15 months apart. Mm-hmm. And when you're like deep in the baby zone, yeah. you just can, you can not even feel like yourself. Life yeah. doesn't resemble anything like it did before. Exactly. There could be days when I just days and days where I didn't even leave the house. Yeah. A hundred percent. I can relate to that. For me, it was a late onset postnatal depression and anxiety that sort of came out. It wasn't as they were babies. I think it was more like my youngest. Um, I have two girls and they're two years apart and my youngest was I think one or just over one and it sort of reared up at that stage. And, you know, I started building up a lot of resentment towards my husband and my kids for having the freedom that, you know, my husband could go to work and, you know, go out. And, and I just realized that I was building up a lot of resentment and the time for me making jewelry just sort of, yeah, reset myself a little bit as well. Oh, that's so great. And how long were you doing that before you thought, okay, I can turn this into a bit of a business? I'd say probably maybe about two years. Oh, really? Maybe, maybe a year, maybe two. This COVID has really mucked up my timeframes, my timelines. (laughs) Yeah, maybe a year or so. And then I I reached out to a friend who could help me with a website and, you know, getting in contact with her was also another thing that sort of sparked me to to look at it seriously. And she was helping me design a website and, and yeah, just sort of got official from then on. That's amazing. So was it like instant success or, or very rarely ever is, but, um, yeah, was it instant success or was it something you had to work on? Definitely not an instant overnight success, success rather. I I thought that that would happen as soon as I launched my website. I was just waiting for the millions of dollars to roll in and that, of course, didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> you were just going to go viral I and someone famous was going to be seen exactly, wearing your necklace 100%, and the rest is history. That's what I was expecting and that definitely didn't happen. Although I do remember the very first sale I made on my launch of my website was from my beautiful friend Mel. She bought the first pair of earrings from my website and I'll be forever grateful for that from her but definitely not an overnight success something that I've I've definitely worked on over the last three years definitely and I think I remember you saying that when you got your first sale into your website you popped a bottle of champagne absolutely 100% I think that (laughs) is really beautiful as well and I think that one thing I want to say to the listeners is celebrate all the little successes. I feel like that's something that I'm actually not great at is that normally when I achieve a goal, I might've had a goal in mind for 
like a a year Mm -hmm. and then I achieve it and I just let it pass by because I've already moved on to what my next goal is and I think it's really important and my husband Brian and I are trying to you know make sure that we do pause Mm -hmm. and really acknowledge that that goal was achieved so I think it's great that you do that I think it's really important and I have definitely lost track of that until recently um, to stop and pause and take notice of the little wins or the big wins instead of being so focused that you acknowledge it and then move on instead of taking it in and celebrating it like that's super important I think yeah absolutely so how did you grow what, what sort of things did you put in place to grow your business? Well, at first it was all the wrong things that I was doing to grow. Like I didn't understand Instagram very well. Um, you know, I was caught up in all the follow loops and caught up in the numbers of followers that I had in and not realising that it wasn't all about how many followers you have. It's actually about the mm. connection that you have with your followers and that can generate sales instead of, you know, it doesn't matter how many people follow you really. No. So the first couple of years was just, oh, I've got, you know, don't have very many followers, which means I'm not going to have very many sales. So I was too much, too much focused on that. And I think once realizing that and realizing that it's more about connection and value, you know, everything we've been learning about in the small business community and the Graham school has changed things for me. And I'm now learning that it's it's yeah it's not about the followers it's it or how many followers it's about the connection. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Mm. I think that if you've got a thousand people who are cheerleading your every move and who are really engaged with you, that is so much more valuable than having ten thousand people who won't even like your post. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So fast forward a little bit because you're now at the point where you're you've taken the leap mm-hmm. to move from your full time job and take your business full time. Mm-hmm. So you're quitting your day job, which mm-hmm. first of all, let's just acknowledge that that is amazing. Yeah. But how did you get to the point where you made the decision to take that leap? It didn't come lightly, to be honest. It's it's probably a good year and a half in the making. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't one thing that made the decision. There's been a lot of build up. There's been a lot of synchronicities and a lot of things that have just fallen into place for me, to be honest. My mental health was a big part of my decision as well. Mm. I've realized that within the last year, I have been struggling not doing what I love. And I know that not everyone gets to do that. And I'm not going to take that for granted, but I was having panic attacks, like going to my, my part-time job, I would literally turn on my computer and, and have panic attacks. And I, I didn't know where that was coming from until I sat back and and realized that I was putting so much pressure on myself to be where I wanted to be without putting in the work to get there. Like I just wanted Mm -hmm. so badly to be working on my own businesses, but I wasn't ready. I wasn't mentally ready. I wasn't financially ready to, to leave my part-time job to, to take it on. So I did a lot of, a lot of inner work, a lot of mindset shifts and changes. And with that eventuated with, with me finishing up my part-time job tomorrow to have time off to dive into my businesses and, and watch them grow. 
That's amazing. <laughs> what would you say to somebody who was um, toying with the idea of moving into their business full time? Uh, I would say have the support systems in place to be able to make the decision to do this because without having somebody or a community that can support you, I think it's very important. So for me, my husband's support means the world. My community support, like within the, the small business community. And I have a, a small group of, of girlfriends who have small businesses that are so truly supportive of me and so helpful in mm. in helping me grow and, and succeed. So I think just to find your tribe and mm. have the support systems in place. Yeah, I think that's amazing advice too, because it can be quite lonely. It can be very lonely because you know, my husband's extremely supportive as well. I mean, who can rope their husband into being on the podcast with them? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, you know, he doesn't run his own like online mm-hmm. fashion business where he designs yeah. his own clothes. So I can't necessarily go to him and say, well, what would you do about this? Because yeah. he's not doing it. My mum, she's not doing it. My sister, yeah. she's not doing it. So these beautiful businesses that I've now, you know, got around me and made friendships with the owners mm-hmm. – they are the people that I feel that I can go to and, yeah. you know, what, what would you do in this situation? Or 100%. It's just beautiful. And there's only so much support I think you can get from your loved ones because, like you said, they don't get it. Like they, mm. they love and support you and want to see you succeed, but to be with like-minded women and other, and other women in business that are in the same position and, and want to grow with you is, is essential to. Yeah. Yeah. And also too, I get reminded of this, I suppose, sometimes is that whilst I could talk about my business and what I'm doing and what my plans are and, you know, my growth for the future, I could talk about that 27 hours a day. <laughs> you Sometimes your family need you to not talk about it and they need you yeah. to just be you. Yeah, need to switch off and be mum or wife and, and not be so obsessed with our businesses yes (laughs) I did see a funny quote online recently and it was something to the effect of no one supports you more than your Instagram friend that you've never met or something like that and it's it's so true I liked it it's (laughs) It's so so true true, because you just get it you're like regular hype girl yeah 100% so just going back to the decisions that you made before you took your business full time, what were some of the key factors that you had in mind that, okay, when this happens, I'll be ready? I don't think I had a I'll be ready moment because honestly, even though I am taking the time off only in, only until recently have I really comprehended the fact that I'm, I'm not scared to do so. So okay. I don't think there is a I'm ready moment. For me, it was just things that have all led up to this. Like I wanted to do this two years ago, but there, like I said, there's there's no way that I was ready to do it. And then a global pandemic in between, it's not going to help either. But for me, mentally, I'm ready. Um, we're financially ready. Like my youngest daughter is starting kindergarten, so there's no more daycare fees. My husband just got a new job and is able to support us financially as well in this decision so there there's a lot of things that are leading up to the decision so for me it wasn't a like I've been ready for years but it's Mm. it's the the moments that have all molded together to make this happen 
now this year is is what's made it possible. Yeah, that's amazing. And um, you didn't have any like, you know, once I'm getting to the point where I'm selling, you know, X number per month or? No, no, honestly not. Because I have the two businesses selling cactus and selling jewellery, I know what I need to make. I know the sales that I need to make to get there, but I'm I'm diving straight in. I'm I, I don't have that in place now where I'm okay. Well, I've got the you know this many sales this week that that can sustain me doing it. I'm just literally diving and hoping to fly. <laughs> yes, best. I you know I support that. I'm yep. a I'm a jump in the deep end person. Yep. Usually I'm not, but <laughs> <laughs> you did tell me once before. That your dad has a is is he an accounting background? He does have an accounting background, so yes, he is going to be helping me with my bookwork side of things, and he's yeah my super big cheerleader, and he's also a big advocate for mental health. So he's had his health challenges last year as well. He's he went through some challenging times himself, and like lots of other people in the last two years, um, but he understands that you you know, you only live once YOLO, like they say, (laughs) you know, you've, you've got to, you've got to do what makes you happy. And if this is my chance to try that, why not? Exactly. You're, you're in an amazing position and it's, it's amazing for you that you can recognize all of those little things. Like the kids have gone to daycare. So you'll have that little bit more time. You'll have that less expense, your husband. It's, a real skill to be able to sit back and see things aligning. Wow. Like yeah. this is your perfect chance. And 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 this is why I'm leaping at the moment now because this is the perfect chance. It's it's a now or never sort of situation for me and like I said my my mental health is is the big is the biggest reason that I am wanting to dive into it because I I know that I can do it and it's just a matter of getting it done like taking the leap and just going for it good for you (laughs) one other thing I wanted to touch on there with respect to your dad though was that you guys had a bit of a conversation about you know financially how or what your goals needed to be and you realized I'm putting words into your mouth here but um, we had this conversation once before. You started to realize, oh, hang on, those numbers aren't as scary as I thought they were, and they are achievable. Yeah, Will yeah. You take definitely. us through that. Yeah, absolutely. So this was uh, actually one of the days that I had a, a panic attack. It was a couple of months ago before the decision for me to leave was was happening. So turned on the computer at work and just had a panic attack and couldn't breathe. And I'm extremely close to my family. So I called my my parents and my was talking to my dad and I said, I need you to, you know, talk me down. You know, I'm having a bit of a moment. And prior to that, I hadn't actually reached out to my family, just my husband. Um, so they didn't really know exactly how exactly I was feeling, even though I'm very close to them. I didn't really want to burden them with that. So anyway, I rang my my dad and, and said, look, this is how I'm feeling and he's previously worked with mental health as well. So he was the perfect person that I need to talk to on this day. They only live 20 minutes away. So they said, look, turn off your computer. We're coming up. We're going to have a coffee. We're going to have a chat. So mum and dad turned up half an hour later and just talked me through it logically. And my dad, you know, put things into perspective for me that, you know, with 
my youngest daughter going to daycare this year and my husband starting this new job. This is the smaller amount that I need to be able to make up the difference from that. Um, and putting it in perspective for me, just it just kind of clicked. And I think that was then the knock-on effect from that was, okay, well, if this is the amount of money I need to make up, then this, this is achievable and this is how many sales I need to make and so forth. So it was kind of a, a, a knock-on effect from there. Oh, that's great. That is so good that you've got people around you yeah. that could help you to just see it a little bit more clearly. Yeah. I have a lot of supportive people in my life, which I'm extremely grateful for. Even my team leader at my part-time job is so supportive. You know, she wants to see me succeed and, you know, she doesn't want to lose me from my my job, but she wants to see me succeed as well. And we would have chats about, you know, mental health and, and you know, how she wants to me to do what I, what I love as well. So I'm very, very lucky in the support networks that I do have, definitely. That's so good. (laughs) I just love it. I just love hearing when people are supportive of other people because I just think that there's room for everybody and why would you not? Why would you not support other people? Why would you not want someone else to be happy and to follow their dreams? Yeah, exactly. So, Catherine, if a listener was planning on moving into their business full-time, what would be like your best small business hack? What would be your best tip or trick for them? My best tip or trick. The tip I think is like I said at the start, don't get caught up in the amount of followers that you had because that's the biggest mistake that I started with. And the trick I think is to have support systems in place and have a community of like-minded business owners or women and and just make sure that you have that support with the like-minded people in your life. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. And don't think that those people need to be, yeah, Joe Blow down the street or your friend mm-hmm. or these can be relationships that you make with people online. If you, mm-hmm. you know, comment on what they're doing or yeah. Um, yeah. congratulate them on a new line, you'll mm-hmm. eventually end up making friendships with these people 100%. because oftentimes they're feeling a little lonely in their business as well. Yeah, 100%. I have so many beautiful uh, social media friendships, you know, people I haven't even met. Um, but everyone is just so supportive because we're in the exact same position. We all want to, you know, grow and, and, and succeed and do the things that we love and having that, that little friendship online, it makes a huge difference. Like you said, it's like your hype girl. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I totally agree. Now, if anybody is looking for some beautiful handmade jewellery and you can customise your pieces as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, personalise. Tell them. Let's give Vintage Rose Handmade a plug. Where can people find you? So my website is www.vintagerosehandmade.com.au and I'm also mm-hmm. on Instagram at uh, vintage underscore rose underscore handmade. And they can get in touch with you on message? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'll have a lot of people sliding into my DMs to do lots of creations. So, you know, I I love having the creation process with my customers just via message. You know, that's how I make a lot of my customised pieces Um through messages. Yeah. And you're going to get so busy that what I'm going to do with you is I am going to help you to make a customized form on your website so people can just place an order using the form. I love that. Yeah. It's happening. (laughs) I've been seeing a couple of beautiful customized pieces on your page because you can put children's initials Mm -hmm. or 
yep. angel numbers. You've got beautiful rose quartz. Yep. You can make all sorts of different pieces, can't you? What is yeah. what is one of the more beautiful pieces you've made just recently? Well, my most popular items that I, I make on a weekly basis is the customised initial uh, charm necklaces. They're my one of my biggest sellers. And I think it's so beautiful to have a, a personalised piece of jewellery that you can wear every day to remind yourself of a loved one or a certain memory or a moment in your life. And, yeah, that, that would be my most popular item, I think. Oh, that's beautiful. I think I need to get one with my kids' initials on it. I'll put my order into my new customized form on your website. Love it. Thank you, Tommy. <laughs> well, uh, Catherine, I wish you every success and I hope Thanks. that anybody who's looking for some beautiful customized jewelry jumps onto your Instagram page or your website. And thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Thank you. Okay, for today's wrap-up snap quiz, Sarah, we have a few little questions for you. Okay. And Hit me. It's just uh, probably a little summary of what we've just spoken about. Okay. All right. What is your number one trick for separating work and home life now that your business is from home? Mm. I have a ridiculously large planner. Okay. For the wall. <laughs> like like I'm talking like one meter by six hundred mils. With yeah, a square. I think it's bigger. I think it's <laughs> I think it's bigger. Okay. But anyway. So that you've got to put anchor bolts in the wall to hold it up there, so Yeah, yeah, that's huge. But that that probably only that's my like daily planner, as in working, you know, not working, going here, going there, someone's birthday, that sort of thing. And then from there it goes down into my Calendly, which is across my computer and my phone. So mm-hmm. that won't let anybody book in for um like podcast interviews or um chats about my course it won't let me have like any overlaps when i'm teaching my course um so i i yeah try really hard not to have any conflicts all righty thank you so what do you say to someone who's umming and ahhing whether they should quit their job and go full-time into their new career have some goals and have some triggers that let you know that you're good to go. So make sure you understand your numbers and you've gotten the correct advice. Yeah, I think if you want to jump into your business full time, you need to set those goals and you need to have a really clear understanding of where you're at um, before you do it. Jump in and upper. No, that's <laughs> not the right advice. Well, this is why we're different people, Brian. <laughs> I was only joking. Sarah's got the right advice. Okay. So, when do you employ someone? When do you find it necessary to employ someone into your own business? Or is it necessary? Well, it might not be necessary. I mean, with my West of the Wave side of the business, being a product-based business, it is necessary because I find that business to be quite Mm -hmm. time-consuming. And there are tasks that can be done by other people. Mm -hmm. However, on the coaching side of my business, those tasks or speaking with clients and sharing my knowledge can only be done by me. But I have that side of my business set up in a way where it doesn't 
take anywhere near as long. Mm -hmm. And particularly with making content and, you know, for teaching, a lot of that stuff you make it the once and then you're able to reuse it. And then also with respect to the podcast side of the business, it's it takes about the same time okay. every week to record the interview, to do our part, and then to do the editing and communications back and forth with Sam. So I, I don't know what your question was, but when's it time, when's it time to employ someone? When is it time to employ someone or is it necessary was the question. Oh, and you answered it. You, you, did I? You okay. did a roundabout sort of answer. Well, there's plenty of roundabouts in Mackay. If anyone's been here, they know. Oh, God, it's terrible. All right. If starting your own business... Would you recommend my method, which is grab an idea and run with it, mm -hmm. or your method of grabbing an idea, researching, setting goals, having some sort of key milestones to achieve? Oh, look, I'm going to go with my method. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that, you know, sometimes, and sometimes I do do it, grab an idea and run with it. But I, I'm a planner and I like to, you know, be a bit measured about things. So, yeah, I'm going with the planning side okay. of things. Well, if we can have a vote on that from our listeners, jump onto our page and just say, hey, I'm keen for Brian's idea or I'm going for the much more labour-intensive, smart way of thinking, Sarah. <laughs> okay, Brian. Are you trying to recruit people against me? No, 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 no. I'm just trying to get some backup. Okay, cool. Thanks out there, peeps. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you've really enjoyed it. And uh, if you would love to have a business shout out on the podcast, make sure you get onto our Instagram page and tell us all about your business. Um, if you ever want to send us a DM, it's only Brian and myself mainly myself, who answer those messages. So I go to answer them, but they've already been answered. <laughs> so feel free to jump in there and chat with us and we'll be seeing you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to All Things Small Biz. You can get more tips and find out about all the latest stuff we've got going on at the All Things Small Biz Instagram page. We'd love you to follow us. Or you can jump onto the website, www.allthingsmallbizpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening.